Hi, it's Mark Graben here. Today is a bonus episode republishing some audio that was episode 56 back from January 2009. It's an interview and a conversation with John Shook. We were talking about his book that was at the time uh, brand new. His book was called Managing to Learn, a book about A3 problem solving. And I think this discussion is just as relevant today um, as it was back then. Um, I had a chance to talk with John on the phone a couple months back. It was it was great catching up with him. I'm hoping to do a new episode with John sometime soon. As always, thanks for listening. We'll be back with new episodes in September. Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben, and this is episode number 56 of the podcast from January 6, 2009. want to wish a happy new year to everybody. have a lot of exciting podcasts ahead, including today's episode with John Shook, who is a senior advisor with the Lean Enterprise Institute and was one of the first Americans to work uh, in depth with Toyota. So he has uh, quite an quite a expansive knowledge of the Toyota production system. He's the author of, um, this is going back a few years now, the book Learning to See about value stream mapping, and is most recently the author of another book published by the Lean Enterprise Institute called Managing to Learn, which is about the A3 problem-solving process, A3 reports, um, the A3 management system. So we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, If you have any feedback or or questions for John, uh, you can send them to me, or you can now interact with John at his own blog, which can be found at lean.org slash shook, S-H-O-O-K. And all of this will be in the show notes, and hopefully we'll be interacting with John here on future podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. Well, once again, our guest today is John Shook. John, thanks for taking time out and joining us on the Lean Blog Podcast. Thank you, Mark. It's good to be here. Well, it's an exciting time right now. Um, your new book, Managing to Learn, uh, is out and available. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us you know, some of the story behind the book, what the inspiration was, and, and what you know, some of the, the main lessons you hope a reader would get out of the book. Well, a uh, simple question, I guess. Actually, I could talk about the story behind the book for, for probably too long. Um, it... it um, uh, amazingly, I actually feel kind of okay about it now, and I'm usually pretty critical of uh, of uh, of work. But now that it's done, not only does it feel good, of course, you've written yourself, Mark, and uh, so you know it always feels good to get it done. Yeah. But um, you know, it took a while. I probably actually worked on this for you know fairly steadily, you know, off and on for two years, and probably first talked with Jim Womack, the publisher, about it, you know, closer to three or four years ago. Um, but I was I was very hesitant. I mean, actually, it goes back to learning to see. If if, if you remember the you know the book Learning to See that we came out with uh, ten years ago, my co-author Mike Rother. Even then, I was kind of a reluctant participant. Really, it wasn't my idea to do that book. I was really Mike's, and then also the publisher Jim and, and Dan Jones really wanted to do it. And I was even concerned then about you know when you roll out a tool, it's not like the, it's not like there weren't already a lot of tools out there. Um, you know, if you go back to looking at at uh, SPC, or if or looking at the old, uh, you know, TQ, a lot of the old TQM stuff, um, it tends to be it becomes something that's mandated and becomes a check the box exercise, and it becomes corporate wallpaper. I really, and I was a little worried about that with value stream mapping, but that was so different. And and um, as we came up with the title of learning to see, 
then I, I you know, agreed that really it was it was it was a good idea, and and um, so you know that was that story ten years ago. And then with the and then when Jim Womack wanted to do a, a, a book about the A3, I was even more worried because you know how almost all the lean tools are, are deceptively simple. Um, they're simple on the surface, but there's more meaning as you get into them, you know. And that's more true of the A3 than anything because mm-hmm. the, the tool itself is, is nothing. It's, it is just a blank piece of paper that you use to tell us a story. So you can tell a story small or big on one sheet of paper. Um, and that's, it's, it's so easy then just, just to do that. I was very concerned about, um, uh, a book about it, that it would become just another thing where people use it as a check the box exercise. And in fact, doing storyboards or six panel storyboards, uh, have been around for a long time. People have done that. Um, so I was concerned about that. And so I, I thought about it and thought about it and, and decided that only, I would only do it if I could somehow tell the story from a couple of perspectives both someone learning how to write an A3 or go through the A3 PDCA process, but then also the other side of, 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 of someone who is mentoring a learner as they were going through that process. If I could tell both of those stories, then it could, maybe could have some value. Because, in fact, it, you know, this A3, the A3 was very important to, to all the work that I learned um, when I joined Toyota back 25 years ago. So it's not that I didn't see the value that could be important, but I wanted to make sure the deeper story got out there as well. So, it's, it's, you know, you can learn to write an A3 in, in a day, uh, but learning to use it as a management process is, is something that takes longer. So through some of the little trial and error, we came up with this idea. Um, I, you know, I said, what if we told two stories just parallel, mm-hmm. uh, two columns side by side? And uh, we weren't worried that readers would be able to, to deal with that. And so uh, there were counterproposals. And a lot of people, you know, said, well, maybe it should be just sequential. Mm-hmm. You tell one, you know, the learner's story. And then at the end, you, you know, at the end of the chapter, you tell the other person's story or something. But I really wanted it to be more dynamic than that. So we actually, you know, kind of kind of did a rapid prototype of one chapter mm-hmm. to see how it would work. And sent it around. And, and I don't think Marky received that that early draft. But it was very early just to kind of see if it would work doing mm-hmm. it that way. And, and and I really liked the idea. I was very comfortable with it. And um, with the idea that it could actually capture what the title says, which is what we're doing is managing to learn. And there's a double meaning there. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, as, as managers, we are trying to manage a learning process. And the other thing is we all as individuals are trying every day to kind of manage to learn through, yeah. through as, as, we, as we stumble through the, the work issues that face us every day. So if it could do that and tell the story, you know, from two perspectives, a learner or a mentee and, and, a, and a mentor or boss, then I thought it could have some value. And, and so that's kind of the story be, behind the book. And, and through that liberal use of uh, some sidebars to, to mm-hmm. you know, tell some of the conceptual pieces and just show one person actually creating an, an A3 from beginning to end, uh, we decided to use a non-manufacturing process. So that was a, uh, sometimes I still wonder if that was the best thing to do, but there's so many people who still see, you know, lean as, as purely a factory floor kind of thing. It seemed to be an opportunity to go outside of that yeah. because, you know, a lot of the work in companies uh, does take place uh, with people planning, working on projects, planning projects, you know, uh, getting, getting, getting bigger things together uh, to, to move an organization forward than, than just what takes place on the planet floor. Uh, um, although that's, uh, you know, the gamble is where we want to focus things. So I'm, I'm hoping that people can see then that, that it is an, an overall process. We kind of coined the term the A3 management process. Mm-hmm. 
to emphasize that it's not just a piece of paper, but there's a process there that can enable you to do a lot of things. That's assuming that you want to do those lot of things, yeah. <laughs> which means solving problems, but also gaining agreement in the organization, mm-hmm. uh, mentoring people, uh, leading people. If you want to manage in, in the way that you know I saw as as as, as a effective way of managing at Toyota, then the A3 can be an enabler. You know, it's no guarantee of success, but it can be an enabler. So, so that was kind of some of the some of the inspiration. Uh, uh, LEI wanted an A3 book, and I only wanted to do it if I could present it kind of in a way that would embody the the, the broader management context. And, and I think it manages to do both. I uh, hope so. I guess we'll have to have to let readers let us know, uh, you know, how how it succeeds. Yeah, I mean, as as just the one reader sitting here, um, you know, the 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 two column format. I mean, it certainly lends a very rich story to sort of try to get in the head of both sides of uh, you know student teacher. Um, it took a little getting used to the flipping yeah. back and forth because I, I tend to read a yeah. couple pages and then go back and sort of make it you know semi sequential myself, but. Um, it is a, a really unique method. I mean, it, it's, I, I can't imagine the challenge of trying to get, um, you know, complex concepts where typically, you know, as the story says, somebody is coaching you and it's very interactive and a book is decidedly non-interactive, linear. Right. Um, I, I could see the, the challenge in that. But Well, I, I appreciate that you appreciate the challenge because I, <laughs> I will give myself a, a, you know, a good grade for effort anyway. If for execution, you know, other, other, you and others will have to have to give, give the grade. But it is it is complex, actually, uh, to tell the two stories running parallel side by side. I've never seen another book like it. Um, I expected more people to kind of push, you know, I don't know, or, or, I don't know about complain, but at least, you know, to, to complain about the difficulty, I guess, of reading it. But really, it hasn't come up much. But but I really like the dynamism of it. I mean, when you go to the plant floor or when you go to a, you know, walking down the hallway at work, I mean, sometimes two people speak to you at once. Mm-hmm. I mean, life doesn't actually come at you in a linear fashion, as right. you said, which a book is by nature kind of linear. And what we've done in this case is try to try to show a little bit more of that dynamic nature. I mean, so you do have a choice here to read the, le- to read the left column first or the right column first. But that's just like when two people yell at, yell at you at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have to choose. Okay, am I going to talk to you first or you first? And um, I think people are finding uh, the, what what you did, which is that you know you read a couple of pages and you and you find a way to a way to read it that's uh, comfortable to you. Yeah, and yeah, you know, I really do find the the whole A three the formal A three methodology and, and, and thinking process to be fascinating because I can't claim personally to be an expert on the A three methodology as it's laid out. Um, you know, I've never worked in an organization um, like Toyota that, that directly used that. But, you know, I, I, as someone with, with some experience with Lane, I certainly recognize a lot of the thought process and, and the elements and the, the concepts behind um, the, the A3 document. Um, but one, one question I was going to ask, and, you know, for, for my own learning, and I, mm-hmm. I would assume some of the listeners, you know, what tips do you have to make sure that it, it's not just a document, like you said, corporate wallpaper that, I've been in some training classes where the form is, is so deceptively simple, but um, you know sometimes it, it seems to almost get presented or put together in kind of a, a superficial way. Um, how, what, what tips do you have for people to make sure that they're really incorporating kind of the the lean thinking Toyota mm-hmm. management thought mm-hmm. process into the document instead of just filling out you know a, a check the box type format? I think the first thing is is to do to, to kind of take you to your to your last statement there 
and, and, and revisit the purpose of what we're doing here. If you're actually doing, using the A3 because you want to manage in a way that embodies those, those principles that we're, that we're aware of. I mean, everyone would love to be the best lean leader, lean manager we could ever be. We would all love to be, whether it's, uh, Taichi Ono or, or, you know, someone whose leadership I've had a chance to witness over the years, Mr. Cho, the current chairman of Toyota. Mm-hmm. And we all can't be that so easily. Uh, but if, if, if that's what we want to aspire to, a way that we're developing people, we're actually getting people to solve problems, we're moving the organization forward, we're, 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 we're taking the organization in the direction we want. The a, if we use the A3 as a way to help us achieve that, then we can keep an eye on that purpose. Then we can hopefully prevent then the, the, the tendency to focus on, on it as a tool itself. Now, you said, how can, how can you make sure that doesn't happen? I don't know if there's a way to make mm-hmm. sure it doesn't happen, except mm-hmm. that's, again, the way we structured the book is, is certainly, I think, it doesn't represent the notion that, that the point is filling in the blanks, filling in the boxes. The other thing is, and, and I put it in a little small chapter at, at, toward the end there that we call it kind of getting started, and that it takes two to A3. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could say, so that tries to give some hints uh, about how to use it as a process. And if you build in the discipline in the beginning, that the focus isn't just someone writing a good A3, although that's that's a key piece of it. Um, we can begin teaching ourselves in the beginning that there are different roles involved in the A3 as a process, and that's why I'm calling it a process. So when I work with an organization uh, to bring in the, the, the A3 is, is to, 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 to add into their suite of you know lean tools or management or management tools, we we always practice three different roles. And the first is the writer, the author. And that's how you write an A3. If you want to decide there's six boxes or I think maybe it's seven in the A3 that's in the book, then, then that's fine. So you begin to go, you go through a, a thinking process of defining the problem, what you're talking about, defining, you know, what, what, what's important about that from the company standpoint, what's the business context. Then what are the current conditions? You know, let's actually go out to the Gemba and see how, see what's happening. Then, then decide. Okay, that's how things are happening. What are our goals? What, how do we want things to look? And, and analyze the, that gap between the way things are and the way we want them to be. But then go to the discipline of actually eliciting a, a, a set of uh, of ideas, of countermeasures, of proposals. Not just jumping to one solution. Because one of the things lean is not is jumping to a conclusion, jumping to a solution. And once we've gone through all that, then put in our plan, a real timeline, so we can see what needs to happen. We expect to happen by when. And our follow-up ideas. So the first thing is to learn how to do that, how to, how to construct an A3 that tells that sort of story. And whether you do that in five boxes or seven boxes, you know, I, I think can be flexible. Many companies find it convenient, especially in the beginning, to make a standard template. I'm always uh, skeptical of standard templates for something like that only because that tends to lean toward that tendency to uh, see it as a fill-in-the-box exercise if, if, if you do that. Um, the second thing then is as part of kind of training or learning this is after, in addition to learning to, to write an A3, be the author, the next thing is that you have to actually present it. You use it to tell a story. And so we'll actually practice this. We'll, we'll role play this where you, you actually take your A3 and present it to someone. And the third role, which is so very important, is the other side. So once someone is present with, if someone is presenting an A3 to you, how do you respond? 
and there are different ways that someone can respond. A lot of times, the traditional, you know, you know, leadership management response is to to disagree, to say, no, that's not right. Here's what's right, and to give someone the answer. And we can use this format then as a way to stop ourselves from doing that. First of all, to ask some questions to ensure, first of all, that I understand the A3 that's being presented to me. Second of all, to say, okay, does the person who's presenting this A3 to me, does he actually or does he or she actually understand his or her problem? And if 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 they have understood the problem, that leads us down a path now of, okay, now let's examine the root cause and the can of possible proposals. But very often they haven't actually identified the root cause. And the A3 becomes a, a platform then that I can use to help that person see that they haven't actually gone to the game and haven't actually asked why five times or ten times, every times they need to, to get to the root cause. So in the very beginning of, of training that I would do for the A3, I include those three roles in the very beginning. So we don't just practice uh, uh, writing them, but we practice also using them as a communication tool and practice the other side, which is responding, because uh, again, it uh, always takes at least two to, mm-hmm. to A3. It sounds kind of Catchy, I suppose, but I think it's really, I think it's really true. Yeah, and and the managing to learn, I think, does a good job of representing that back and forth process, um, which again seems familiar to other lean methods like Hoshin and Connery and this back and forth, um, right, right, learning and, and and problem solving style. But well, one thing that that jumps out, and you know, you see this in. In the book, uh, the, the left-hand column character of having to go back and rework his A3 and being challenged and go back and erasing and working on it again. And, you know, I've heard people say sometimes, oh, you know, it, it took me 10 tries, 10 attempts at an A3. Um, it just kind of makes me think, wow, do people really have patience for that? Um, what, yeah. what kind of feedback do you get from people about the, you know, the, the, the back and forth nature of the process? Well, well, one thing is, I think, again, it, only if you decide you want to manage this way uh, it, are you going to be able to do that. So, But if you've decided that we, I'm in an organization that where people are jumping to conclusions, they're jumping to solutions all the time, we have hammers running all over the place looking for nails, we have a lot of activity going on by maybe a lot of well-intentioned people, but we're working on the wrong things. And no matter what we do, it doesn't seem to take the organization forward. If you think that those problems are in place, then what that means is we need to learn how to go through a, a, a more rigorous thinking process to understand truly what's happening at the Kimba, understand why it's happening to, to, to root cause. And then we can be able to understand how the, all the different countermeasures and great ideas we have might or might not match up and link against the real problems of the day, the real things that we want to fix. If you recognize that, then you'll actually appreciate the fact that the A3 makes you slow down. Uh, the fact that you have those boxes there, it becomes then easy. And again, this, this uh, as, as you know, it occurs in, in the example in the book, where the, in, the, in the first instance, the uh, learner jumps to a conclusion, a solution, and feels uh, fairly proud of it, I suppose. And then the mentor goes back and says, no, we're going to stop. We're going to go through this step by step. And having the A3 as a process to help you do that can enable, can enable us to, to together go through the process and can help build in that uh, kind of a discipline of, of patience. Um, you know, we'd all like to be able to go, uh, you know, know know the uh, the root cause uh, immediately, and know what would be the best solution to 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 move forward against that root cause right away. But what we're going to do is, is is not make assumptions and not and not manage by a wish list, but actually 
ensuring that we understand the situation and, and moving through things in a disciplined fashion. So if that's what you want to do, then I think that can happen. It is a cultural change, though, in, 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 in many cases. And it's not something that you can do effectively just by yourself. You can start by yourself. But then you want to start using this and start engaging others. And so we're all going through this uh, kind of a standard thinking process together. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it seems like it would be challenging um, to start from scratch with a process like this, um, maybe mm-hmm. on the one level, because it requires this mentor back and forth. If, if, if you're an individual who doesn't have a good mentor uh, to help you with the process, like you said, it takes two um, it seems like you might end up with superficial A3s or not accomplishing much. And maybe the, the, the second challenge might be, you know, if somebody is working in a, a, a big, large corporation that mm-hmm. sounds like the opposite of what you described. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. organizations aren't very patient um, mm-hmm. by nature. They want to jump to solutions. You know, the boss mm-hmm. has all the answers mm-hmm. type organization. This this may not, I mean, this may be too advanced of a, um, a methodology for somebody who's who's maybe real early in a lean journey. Is that fair to say, or am I being? Well, I don't. I don't know that I, would, I don't. Well, I don't know that I would say it exactly that way. Mm-hmm. I think it can be a tool that you can bring in from the very beginning. I mean, you don't have to. I mean, I, I, I'm a believer that you can really start from many places in many different ways uh, along the lean journey. Uh, but I think eventually, though, what we want is an organization where people are having dialogues, where they're getting engaged, where, where leaders are developing pe- developing their people. Um, and this can be, you know, a tool that, that can enable that. It also can be in the beginning. We that's often be, in the beginning stages uses a pretty simple, straightforward problem solving tool. And you're not going to get anywhere, as, as you know, in, in an, any lean initiative unless we are learning to problem solve. I mean, lean problem solving is, is at the core of what we're doing. So bringing in any lean tool in the absence of bringing along with it uh, a focus on what is a problem and how do we solve it, I think is going to fail. So this can be one. Uh, so in the early stages, rather than very complicated uh, organizational chain sorts of proposal A3s, uh, they, can, they can be uh, centered around problem solving more simple problems, bringing into play uh, the lean problem-solving tools that really are, are the essence of standardized work in Kaizen. Now that's what standardized work in Kaizen is. It's a way to see how things are. Uh, and how to, and how to from that determine problems and how to make improvements. So I think it can come in from the very beginning. The other thing I like about it from a flexibility standpoint is that someone, no matter if you're the CEO or you're a manager or an area manager in the plant floor or you're in engineering, you can start to use this for yourself. The individual uh, through writing an A3 and going through the discipline of of, of going through the questions and going through the thinking steps. Uh, will become a stronger problem solver, even if you just do this on your on your own. Uh, to this day, uh, you know, sometimes I'll when I sit down and write one, I'll always be surprised at how forcing myself to go through the discipline of filling filling out a, of working on an A3. I'll recognize uh, you know connections between things I thought I, I I should do and how they connect or don't connect versus the real the real situation or the or the real problem. So I think as an individual, there's a lot that can be gained and, and, and as, as an organization as well. And I think you can start to use it even at earlier stages uh, of, of a lean journey. I, I think uh, the use of it uh, is simpler. But that's, again, I think that's true of any lean tool. When we begin, we try to use them in a, in a simple fashion and then learn about them as we go along and, and learn that we can use them in different, more, com- uh, more complex situations. Okay, well, that, that's good. That dials back some of my, I, I guess... Cynicism. I think it's a good message. It sounds like you're saying that, you know, if anything, you know, like, I guess like anything, start small, um, 
Absolutely. And, and you mentioned two words a moment ago. You mentioned you mentioned problem solving, and in the same sentence, you mentioned Hoshin Conry as well. The thing is, if you have a broad or want to start a broad corporate-wide Hoshin Conry initiative, you need A3 as part of that. And But also, when you go down to the very front lines of problem solving, which I think, again, you have to have, and it's usually an important place to start, the A3 can structure that as well. It allows you to structure and tell your, your, your problem-solving uh, stories around a standard kind of a story story template. And then it, and what it enables you to do then is hook them up, hook, hook the, your, your frontline problem-solving activities uh, that are structured around PDCA, even with your broader uh, Hoshin Conry uh, activities as well. So if you're working at a you know more of a broader uh, company transformation level, it can be part of that. But also, it can be just something at the front lines, just one person or a small group of people can do as well. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about Hoshin Conry. You can't do that so easily with a small group. That means you're talking about how the company develops its strategies and works and works through them. Yeah. With the A3, though, you can you can do it uh, starting at any level. Okay. Well, and I would love to dig into this more. Maybe we can do um, a follow-up conversation after more people have had a chance to read your book. I know I've talked to... Um, others who, who have either started reading or, or completed reading it. So maybe if there's questions, people can uh, contact us and we can do a follow-up discussion. Sure. Um, or one other way, and, and we'll, uh, I don't know how interactive this has been so far. Um, I, I've noticed you started um, doing a column or it's actually being done in the, the construct of a blog on the LEI website. So I was wondering how that's going so far and has, has it been interactive and, and is yeah. it, the, the, the John Shook newsletter um, is coming out yeah. weekly, right? Yeah, yeah. Partly as a as I started getting toward the end of the, of the book, managing to learn, um, I wanted to keep it concise. You know, the the book, and I don't know how many pages it ended up being, but I wanted to keep it, you know, fairly concise and focused. And but there were a lot of other things I realized I had to say. There there were notes, you know, scraps of paper all over the desk, and you know, and, and a lot of things that were kind of Unused, and I started thinking more and more that that I wouldn't mind a kind of an alternative means of of getting those ideas out there, but also, you know, you know, kind of uh, uh, hopefully getting getting a dialogue started about this because I do think management and leadership um, are so very key to what we're talking about. And if you look at so many lean initiatives that have not succeeded the way that they could. You have to look at leadership and management issues as being central to that. So I think there's a dialogue that needs to be, you know, taking place out there. Uh, and blogging, I think you've, you've done a great job, Mark, as a few uh, others have, you know, of of, uh, of uh, bringing blogging into to the lean dialogue. I was a little scared of it. Uh, I haven't read that many <laughs> blogs, really. And so what we're calling it, it's just a corner in the uh, LEI website. And we're calling it John's management, lean management cor- uh, column is what we're calling it. And so it's kind of somewhere in between, you know, like a traditional magazine column and, and a blog, I suppose. And it didn't really solicit a whole lot of feedback the first, first couple of times. But I, th- I think, uh, you know, uh, talking with you and reading your, you know, your blog, I'm kind of getting a little more comfortable with the idea. I, really, I think yeah, it's, it's, it's a great new venue, really, for exchanging yeah. ideas and getting ideas out there. It, it, it's exciting. But I'm, I'm just kind of... Slowly getting used to the idea and, and uh, dipping my toe in the water, but uh, so far it's been fun. We've just done a few, but every um, yeah every week I'm planning on just uh, putting one uh, column out there, and we'll see how people respond. Yeah, well, that's good. And I've linked to it off of uh, my website. People listening can go to www.lean.org/shook. 
okay. and find the columns there. So um, that, that's a nice addition to um, the lean web world and, and welcome to uh, it, words like this to start rolling off your tongue. Words like blogosphere and weird. <laughs> welcome to the blog. I don't even like saying that. Welcome to the blogosphere, John. But thank you. Okay. Uh, thank you more so for your um, continued sharing of, of, you know, your learning back to Toyota days and everything you've been doing since. Uh, I, I really learn a lot from it. and I, I know others do. So thank you for that. Thanks, Mark, and, and I look forward to your, your, your ongoing hand-holding as I get used to the blogosphere and everything. Appreciate that. Thank okay. you. Okay, and thanks for joining us again today. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.